This is Live On Purpose Radio, episode 575, A Mindset for Moonshots with Dave Austin. Now is the only time to create and live the life you love. I'm Dr. Paul Jenkins, the positivity psychologist. My job is to connect you to powerful positive psychology principles that immediately upgrade your relationships, business, and mental health. Are you ready? Let's jump in. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live On Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink, who expands your life with another episode of Live On Purpose Radio, rejoining me today from eons ago. I've got none other than Dave Austin, who is an amazing high-level performance coach, speaker, author. Dave has a perspective that is rare to find these days. In fact, just before um, the show, I was chatting with Dave, and we were reminiscing about a few of the legends in this field, and Dave's probably the only guy who's still surviving. So... (laughs) Is that aging me? (laughs) I'm glad I got you in time, Dave. Hey, welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. You know what? what? It's good to be back. And thanks for refreshing my memory. When you sent me the link, it was, you know, it was 2008. So, hey, congratulations on having a show that's gone on that long. You're out. You're one of the the crocodiles, not a dinosaur. (laughs) That's right. And, And the word crocodile was in that episode because we talked about a crocodile's journey with you and Roger Anthony, who is one of those legends I was just referring to. And you've done a lot of work with Roger. In fact, he's a co-author on a book that uh, you have published since he passed. Well, we, yeah, he passed, it came out, you know, he passed in April and came out in August. And one of, of that same year, newbies, because um, we all have animal instincts. And Roger had this blessing of c- combining some of the work I had already been doing for years, very successfully in the Olympic world, the pro sports world, to help athletes perform better. Well, he added yeah. these animal principles, and together it was total magic. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was tough when we lost him. But one of the things that he had said is that, you know, Dave, this is going to be worldwide. Everywhere around the world, they're going to know this book be a beast. I'm like, Mm. well, I'm very optimistic, but okay. How, when maybe 20 years from now or something. Right. And, and so lost Roger, the book came out in August and I get a uh, email from uh, the marketing person from the publisher. And he said, Hey Dave, you're number one in Australia. I'm like, what? This is 24 hours before it's come out in the United States because they're 24 hours, you know, ahead of us. Right. Yeah. I'm going, Wow. But he was from Australia originally. So I thought, all right, maybe that makes sense. And then about, I don't know, 20 minutes later, I get, were you number one in Japan? I mean, what? Oh, you're number one in Germany. And all day long, you're number one in the UK. It went around the world. By the time it hit finally in the US, we are number one in 22 different categories on Amazon. It was like, oh mm-hmm. my gosh. And I I called I called them up and said, How much money are you spending? I didn't know we were going to do this worldwide promotion. He goes, we haven't started yet. We've spent $36 on Facebook. I went, wait a minute. And it's How's taken it off. And the thought came to me, I'm like, Roger, is that the why, reason you left us? You knew that you had to go there to spread this? 
So it's really oh. remarkable. He was such a remarkable man, and he's still so much in me and the work I do today. You know, Dave, as I think about why that message resonates so much with people, I think we as a species want to believe that things are possible. And sometimes it's things that are unprecedented. It's not been done before. So this idea of a moonshot, you know, and I remember hearing some of the recordings of Kennedy talking about, you know, we're going to go to the moon and it had never been done. And it was impossible, right? Well, you know, but, but, when, when he asked that Von Braun, did you, did you, do you know this? Kennedy said, I want to have a man on the moon during my life, my presidency. You yeah. know, uh, what's it going to take? And Von Braun said, the will to do it. He didn't know how. He just said the will. And he's the one that created it. He's the scientist that did it. But if he right. would have said, you know, we got to stop. There's, you know, you know, so many people stop on the how. But if you have the right. will, but the how will show up. It depends on your 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 passion and your purpose behind it. This is something that I think Roger did so well and that you do very well, Dave, because I've heard you speak as well. And you ignite this idea that the impossible isn't impossible if you have the right mindset. In fact, everything that I look around my office here and there are things that I take as as just daily givens now that were impossible years ago. The fact that we're having this conversation face to face, we're not in the same room, but that is something that is just every day now. And yeah. it, it blows my mind as to what is to come. But you've taught about this mindset that's necessary to take on a moonshot. Tell us a little bit about where they, where you're coming from on that, why you're so passionate about it. Well, you know, your mind, if you really think about it, is your biggest asset that you have. And I learned that a long time yeah. ago. I wish I would have learned it. <laughs> yeah, really, uh, uh, you know, really took on these principles. I played professional tennis. And yes, I was a world ranked tennis player, played all over the world. It was great. I learned a lot. But I didn't understand at the time how powerful the mind was. I already had a degree in psychology from college. I already had a lot of great principles. But traveling around the world, you learn a lot in different cultures and different things. And um, the power of the mind is just so amazing that I actually, eight, eight years after I retired from the pro tennis tour, I got asked to go play in a tournament in Canada, all expense paid. My wife and I didn't have kids yet. We have four now. We've been together for 42 years. And um, that, well, well, that's interesting. To, and it's August. Canada's beautiful in, in the summer. And we thought, well, let's go. But not only did I get to the finals, but in the finals, in the doubles, beat the number one team in the world. That's something I couldn't do. When I was on the tour, yes, I got a world ranking, but it was way down. Yeah. I beat the number one team in the world because I had learned the power of the mind. And so I've done that. I've had four players become MVPs for their teams in, in Major League Baseball. I've had a Cy Young winner. I've had number one draft picks in the NFL. I've had Olympic records broken because of learning this and learning how to, to really get the athlete. That's where I first started was with the athletes. In fact, mm -hmm. I was traveling with the um, Olympic team to the World Cup and we're, 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 
39,000 feet above the Atlantic Ocean. And I said, God, do you have something more? I want something more to, to give this team. And the game ready came to me. And that game ready has been my mark for the last 20 years. They ended up having the best record they'd ever had in the history of their sport. And so then um, I came back, I called a good friend of mine who was the coach of the pitching coach for the Los Angeles Dodgers at the time. And they had been struggling. And I told him about this experience. He goes, oh, you got to come in and work with our pitchers. So uh -huh. I did. And then Jim Tracy, who was the manager at the time, goes, well, wait a minute, you got to work with the whole team on this. And so I started doing it. And that's what I'm still doing today. And magic keeps happening. In fact, my wife, the other day, well, I had a, a in Major League Baseball, I had two players that set records this year in Major League Baseball. She was, why are you so amazed? You've been doing this and you've had all these amazing results. I said, because I never want to stop being amazed. I love being amazed. I love it. Yes. I just just last week I was on the field with the University of Utah football team and a, a, a player who's now starting at a wide receiver um, because of injuries. I, I did a game ready and I saw him make this incredible catch in the in, we were doing this, having seen in advance, you know, in the end zone. And then uh, after the game ready was done, my next person I was working with was our quarterback who also stepped in, you know, that had been third string now is doing amazing. And I told him before we started the game ready that Manure is ready. Trust him. Throw it. He'll go up and get it. And I have a picture of that play where he went up in the end zone and made that catch. I was on the field. And I went, oh, my gosh, this is so unreal because I already saw this last night. Now seeing it in the physical. Yeah. And that's happened several times for me. And it still amazes me. I, I just love that feeling of getting that opportunity. And then it's it works the same way for everyday life. So I would say my first 10 years of my career was all sports. Then when I got to know Roger, Roger was all about working with uh, companies. We started working with companies and I loved it just as much as the sports world. So now today, I'd say 50% of my clients are executives and 50% still are athlete. And then I'll I'll do like I did the Navy SEALs. I've done Army Rangers. You know, I'll be called in. And there's and now with politics the way they are, I, you know, I'll get a call like someone's running for an office and, and I won't say who it is. They're getting so beat up by the other side because it's so negative, 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 negative that right. they reach out to say if I work with them to help them stay positive and not go into the muck of that negativity because it's out there. You know, oh yeah. So, so I'm I'm glad to step into that wherever I'm needed. What you're talking about is so powerful, and you've given us a couple of examples because you've used it in the world of sports, um, at the highest levels, professional sports, Olympic athletes, and then Roger Anthony comes in and and shows you, hey Dave, principles apply in businesses as well, and. I love that you still have a fresh appreciation for the wonder of accomplishment. And when people are doing things that have never been done before, it's just inspiring. And it opens up so many possibilities. Well, that's something I really want to give to your your, your folks at the end of this, because we did a, a, a docuseries was made on me. It's called, as you know, Moonshots, Going After yeah. the Seemingly Impossible. And um, it is just, it's amazing. We, we, you can't get access to it right now, but you will have it and your listeners will because Hollywood 
loved it so much because some of the people that I know, like the CEO of, of uh, Radar Pictures that does so many great pictures, Ted Field, amazing uh, man in the entertainment business, fell in love with it, wanted to do a TV series. And then Marty Kaldner, who's done over 100 specials on HBO, and he still has a series called Hard Knocks with the NFL on HBO, been on for 20 years. Um, both those companies are going to be co-producing the television show because uh, what a great message it is to people. It's going to be fun. Like for an example, if we we're mm -hmm. filming today, I'd have Kelsey, you know, from the Kansas City um, Chiefs with uh, Taylor Thrift uh, 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 being our, our two on the show. Because what we do is we talk about how they created their uh, own moonshot, but then they have to trade places. So then oh. Kelsey would have to sing in front of, you know, 60,000 people. And then she would, I think we would have her, he'd have to show her, and I would coach her in the mindset, have to, in a pressure situation, kick a field goal. You know, so it's just yeah. it'd be fun, but you also, the, the, the theme of the show is really teach a lesson, but not be like an educational thing. Have fun. It'll be a lot of laughter. I'll host the show and you'll learn a lot how they created the mindset to have their success, but then put them under the pressure that that it's amazing to see the switch because years ago I brought the, cause I played professional tennis and I was very involved in the music world. I brought the music and the tennis world together. What was called the music and tennis festival. We did our first one in 1981 and no one had ever, ever done a benefit concert, but we were able to pull mm -hmm. it off. My good friend, Phil Ehart, who founded the rock group, Kansas, and is a drummer in the group. Um, we just had so much respect for each other. Let's do this. But it was so much fun to see these musicians get on center court with their pros and be nervous and like shook, you know. And then when we yeah. had the concert, we, you know, the, the players had a chance to do a number and they'd be freaked out, you know. So it was just cool to see the exchange. And so in the show, we'll be working about that and showing and we'll use the animal principles. I'm going to give them a chance to go, OK, what animal are you going to use to help you through this? And so you'll uh -huh. learn about the things that, uh, as I say, Roger brought to this world. And I've been carrying that torch, you know, now ever since. And so the book, my next book that's coming out is called Moonshots, going along with the TV series and the and the docuseries, um, uh -huh. you know, going after the seemingly impossible. There's 10 short stories because I've had the privilege of going after things that people said would never be done. You yes. know, like did the music tennis festival. They said, well, we had a, a meeting in New York with the, a lot of record company heads because Kansas was so popular at the time. We thought it's a shoe in. And they said, well, this is a great concept, but no one, no musician will ever donate their time. All the record companies said, that's not possible. They just won't do it uh, yeah. because it's never been done. And you, you don't know how that works. I'm going, we walked out and Phil and I looked at each other and said, are we going to do this? And we were like, yeah. <laughs> and so it was interesting. And that first year we had every major act. I mean, it was just amazing. And then uh, this is really funny. I'm, I'm on stage being the MC. And this guy, when I introduced one band, all the big hits, this guy goes, hey, we're here. We want to go on. I said, you weren't in rehearsal. Who are you? Get out of here, you know? And he kept bugging me every time I came off the stage, when I came backstage. Uh, and, and finally, I go to Phil, how'd this guy get backstage? He keeps bugging me. He wants to go on. He goes, put him on. I said, what do you mean, put him on? He says, look. Well, the guy that was bugging me was Roger Taylor, the drummer of the group, Queen. And I just... <laughs> look to see 
who he was trying to get on. I'm going, wait a minute, I'm turning down Queen? So, yes. I think it'd be appropriate for you to come on. So it was one of those moments, but it was so special. But the music world got to see something that they thought was impossible. And then after doing about six of them over, you know, course of six years, um, Live Aid, all these other things, because they could, they now had a model to follow how to do this and it could be done. And then um, in 1989, the uh, Grammys came to me and said, we want to start a Grammy foundation. Um, will you put on one of your concerts for the Grammy foundation to kick it off? I said, well, you guys know how to do a concert. I watch the Grammys and they go, yeah, but we don't know how you do it. You get everyone to do it for free. I said, well, that's because <laughs> you want it for a cause and they know we're not promoters and they, and it's got such a good history. So we mm-hmm. started the uh, Grammy foundation, which is probably a billion dollars strong today. In fact, in 1991, I was received the Presidential Merit Award from the Grammys. And that's something that I'm very honored for. But it was funny because uh-huh. a lot of times we discount. Like you're, what you said earlier, around your office, you got all these things there. You go, wait a minute, this is amazing. But yeah. I, because I was given and I thought, well, it can't be that big a deal. But I'm watching the Grammys. This is probably about in 2010. I'm watching the Grammys. They go, and now the Presidential Merit Award. I went, wow, that sounds like a big deal. I should go out to the garage, find, go through boxes and find mine. Find yours, dust it off. <laughs> so if you, if you come to my office today, you'll see it's very present there. And I just have a different look at it. I yeah. now am just grateful and I appreciate what I was able to do, not in a boastful way, but in a very appreciative way that, you know what, that changed the course of the whole music world. And then, the, so there's stories in all of it. You know, each chapter, yeah. so to speak, they're, they're short. But like when I got asked to be in movies, I went, I was in an acting class with this little unknown guy who was a really good guy. And I thought, wow, he's really talented. And I, my wife, but she wasn't even my wife at the time. She was my girlfriend, came up to watch us do a um, a showcase. I said, so what did you think of George? She goes, George, who's George? Tom, Tom, this guy was a really good looking guy. I said, no, no, no. He's not the guy that's going to be big. This George Clooney guy is the guy that's going to be big. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can tell us stories all day. <laughs> the places you've been, the people you've met. I, I want to dig in just a little bit to this, this moonshot mindset. Because I think it comes so naturally to you. You go out and do all this magic and people are like, whoa, that's amazing. And you're just like, what? It's just what I do. Because you tuned into some things that are very fundamental. And I think that some of those principles, uh, like where you start, for example, let's say that you're working with an athlete or a performer or anyone. Really? Executive. I mean, we've had companies that uh, have transformed their whole business because of it. It's just, yes. No, it's Jesus said it's done unto you as you believe. So what does that really mean? It just means that everything in your life really is created by your belief system. So I I work right inside the depth of you, not on the outer world, because if we really truly believe that, then we create the outer world. But it takes such faith and trust and consistency to change a mindset. It, it, it's, it's, it's changing, you know, patterns in your life that have been in you for so long. 
So you have to just take one thing at a time, then stack on another one, then stack on another and be consistent. You know, if I was going to go and try to make my arm stronger, I'd lift weights, right? All of a sudden, right. oh, look how strong it's gotten. But if I stopped, my I wouldn't maintain that muscle. Well, if you think of your brain as a muscle, so I work consistently with everyone I work with so that they stay in tune and aligned with their very soul, so to speak. And I'll tell you, um, Henry David Thoreau said it really great. So you mind if I go off a little bit on Henry? Yeah. So he was, you know, his professor at Harvard was Emerson. And he just thought Emerson was the thing. And Emerson, you know, had been writing a great philosopher and everything. And so he wanted to work with him, get him, you know, he wanted to be coached by Emerson and coming out of school, you know, maybe he didn't have the money to, or whatever, but he just wanted to be around him. So he worked a deal that, hey, can I come up? And so they worked a deal that he was his gardener, his handyman, chopping wood, you know, up in Concord, which is about 30 miles north of Boston. And so um, Emerson on on Sunday evenings would have Hawthorne, um, Alcott, all these great folks that ended up writing work back then. And they would have what I call, I don't know they call it, I call them concrete conversations. And, and he would be in the hallway listening. And then finally, he'd chirp out, but what about this? And it would kind of piss off Emerson, like, no, you're, you're my handyman. And then um, I think it was Hawthorne goes, well, you know, that's a good question. And finally, they said, we got to invite him in. So he became part of the group. And then he decided that he had Walden Pond, uh, that Emerson owned all the property around. He said, I need to do an experiment. Can I build a one-room cabin on Walden Pond and for two years, two months, two days, just tune into nature and God so I don't have any other distractions? That's Mm. what he wrote his greatest work. And one of the things he came up with during that time, and I'll kind of paraphrase it. I know I don't have it exactly yet, but here's here's the real truth of what he said. He said, If one walks confidently in common hours towards their goal, you will come to an invisible barrier. And if you have the courage to pass through that barrier, on the other side are new universal laws available to you. And courage is not the absence of of fear. It's how you pass through it. And so I lived that life. But Jesus said, you know, you know, with the faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. Basically, I say both those mean the same thing. But do you have the courage to go through the adversity sometimes that it takes, the challenges that it takes? Because on the other side, there's so many things available to us that we just didn't even know existed because we live in the conditional habits. So I break my clients from their (laughs) conditional habits, and it opens up a whole new world for them. And it's happened over and over and over again. And my wife is always, she's sort of like, why are you so amazed? You've seen this happen so many times. And I say, I just love being amazed. It's such a blessing. It's like I walk out, we have over 200 trees yeah. on the property. We have streams, waterfalls, you know, ponds. Every day I walk out, I'm in awe of God's beauty. It's just like, wow. And that just lifts me up. But I also get quiet then. And you say you whisper, I listen to the whispers of the wind, so to speak. I have a whole mm-hmm. process I go through, and that's where all the good stuff comes from. You might know or not know, I wrote, co-wrote 
songwriting for dummies, which is one of the most popular books. And, you know, it's been about a million sold on how to write a song. And I wow. got asked to write it. I got a good friend of mine who I'd been working with, Jim Peterick, who probably one of the top songwriters ever. He's written 30 big hits, one being, you know, Eye of the Tiger that everyone knows. And I called him up. I said, Jim, would you like to co-write this? Because I felt like it needed the legit legitimacy of his talent. Mm. And it became this, but still, it's a gift that keeps giving. Like he says about, I have the tiger. It keeps, you know, paying him money year after year because it keeps being used so much. And he has some other yeah. hits that, that do that. But the um, songwriting for dummies has been out there now 22 years. And it continues to keep selling. And um, and it's something that I wouldn't have written if I didn't have Jim involved. And then my wife, who's a brilliant writer also, it was the three of us. And even when Roger and I wrote Be a Beast, my wife is also an author on it because she takes our work and crafts it. You know, let's say we have something really good. She makes mm -hmm. it great. How's that grab you? I'm lucky to have that kind of talent in-house. I'm very blessed. <laughs> <with that. laughs> you, you call it luck still, too. Huh? <laughs> well, what is luck? Luck is uh, preparation meeting opportunity. Right. You know, my son, well, I have four boys I'm blessed to have, but one of my sons played quarterback for University of Hawaii and then played um, in arena football for seven years, professional league. And he broke all these records, had the most uh, buzzer beaters. And he was always on, on ESPN, you know, top 10 plays of the day. He was always on. Yeah. And, and 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 he was being interviewed by ESPN one time. He says, how do you do it? He goes, because I'm lucky. And the guy looked mm -hmm. at him like, lucky? He says, yeah. That's just, I prepare for those opportunities. I love that. <laughs> yes. And that redefines it a little bit. As you were sharing this, Dave, I, I love hearing you talk about this because then my psychologist mind kicks in and plays <laughs> with it. and. There are reasons why everything that you're sharing with us here today makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. You start with a mindset. Actually, you know what? The mindset is the product of the mind. And who we are and who we become then gets manifest through our mindset. And that leads to what we do, how we show up. That creates our results. And I could get into all the psychology behind that. But the thing that really strikes me here is that what we think and believe matters. And we've already been programmed. Yeah. Can I add one more step to that? Please. Well, I think it's, it starts with the thought, right? No. Mm. You know where it really starts? With your words. Because your words, you're mm. always subconsciously listening to. So if I say, I can't do this, it's hearing it. So your thought becomes, I can't do it. So your words are so much more powerful. I've run into them all the time. I was at the San Diego Open for PGA Golf. This is years ago. Mm. And they had the um, oh uh, the um, charity aspect to it on the Wednesday, mm -hmm. the Thursday of the PGA. You have a PGA in your... Um, foursome and and we were playing and this one gal's getting ready to um make a putt and she goes i never make this putt i said and you never will i couldn't help myself I <laughs> and she looked at me like what, what? I, said, I just couldn't help i said your words are so powerful 
just take a second, close your eyes, see yourself making this putt, take a breath. She's like, okay. And it, it, it had a double break and it does the one break, then breaks back and goes in. She goes, she looked at me like, oh my God, this stuff works. <laughs> just be, be aware Lucky. of your words. Be aware of your words. Because your words, yeah. we we say so many things so often, we don't even pay attention to it. But guess who is paying attention? Your subconscious mm -hmm. mind is. And that's what's creating the thoughts of how you move forward. You know, Dave, I had a conversation not too long ago with John Gordon. He's a very prolific author in the area of positive psychology. And John was talking about how all too often we listen to ourselves instead of talking to ourselves. And just switching that emphasis, tell yourself what to believe instead of listening to whatever voices show up for you. Did John write uh, the negative rule? I mean, the negativity rule? Yeah, the no complaining rule. No complaining, I'm sorry. The energy no bus. Yeah. I love it. I, I mean, it's a very simple book with such a simple but so truthful answer. Uh, I right. love it. You know, I see so many companies, they don't understand that your words and being negative, how it affects everyone's life. So I'm going to promote him a little bit because I thought he wrote a, a simple but very powerful uh, message book. Well, and that's one of many that he has written. And I I love the way it really does boil down to some very simple concepts. And I remind my clients all the time, simple and easy are not the same thing because we're up against our programming. Yes, exactly. And even the words that we, do you remember, Dave, we talked about this back in 2008. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I had given you a keyboard at oh, yes. this yes. conference we both did. And do you remember the keyboard was scrambled? Yes. Okay, yes. I just took a butter knife, popped off all the keys and stuck them off and on a different. It's really, really hard to type your name on a scrambled keyboard. Right. I remember because that. It was a good example. The, but you know what? I look at this keyboard in front of me here on my desk. It's scrambled too. <laughs> Start, starts with a Q. What? Right? Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. But we get programmed to use it and it seems so normal to us. This is what we're up against, I think. And this is the brilliance of your work because you're helping people to see their programming. And That's then putting exactly them it. in a position to choose otherwise. Yeah, it's exactly it. We have one of the animals we have in our program is the rattlesnake. Mm -hmm. and, and we call the rattlesnake AWAR. Just really, it's, it stands for awareness. So when you're out in taking a hike or something, and all of a sudden, the rattlesnake, uh, it starts rattling. Mm -hmm. It's not going, hey, Dave, I'm so glad you're here. Come on over. This is a great spot. No, it's rattling. It's going, this is my spot. Get the heck out of here. And if I don't listen to the rattle, I move up, and now I get a hiss. If I don't listen to the hiss, what's going to happen? I'm going to be bitten. So in our life, we have to become aware of these conditional habits and catch ourselves because we'll have a rattle, emotional rattle. And if we don't pay attention to that, you know, rattle, it turns mm -hmm. into a hiss. And oh, yeah. it bites you pretty good. So all my clients, even, you know, 
whatever it's happening out there, they all of a sudden they go to a conditional habit. It's like that awareness of the rattlesnake. Take a breath. Bring yourself back to this moment, not your moment that happened 12 years ago that's trying mm -hmm. to dictate this. Go back to take this moment, take that breath to relax that I can evaluate for a moment to see what's clearly happening. Now I can yeah. strategize for what's happening right now and then have a little bit of patience. Now I act boldly and strongly, but people bypass that. They go right in conditional mm -hmm. habits because the emotion that they just felt creates that. Yes. Well, and that energy precedes the outcome. There you go. That, exactly. It leads right into it. Dave, this is awesome. I could spend hours talking to you <laughs> and maybe I will. Who knows? Um, your website is called Extreme Focus. That's the name of your, your business. You've got some things coming up. You mentioned earlier that people might be able to connect with you in some special ways. What would you invite people to do to, to connect with Dave Austin? Well, you know, probably the easiest is, you know, you just mentioned my webpage is Extreme Focus. If they just do support at Extreme Focus and they have questions and want to reach out to me, I will get that. I mean, I, you know, it will be seen and I will I, I will see it and I will respond to it. Support at Extreme awesome. Focus. And then the other thing is that that's no longer available, but it's available when I give you that if they go. When you make it available. Yeah. Extremefocus.com. <laughs> forward slash moonshots. Then they can ah. see the 10 episodes that created now the TV series. The only reason we don't have it public is because the TV series come out. We will make it public again, but um, right now we're just holding back because of the show. And then my book yeah. is called Moonshots Going After the Seemingly Impossible. It hasn't come out yet. My agent is like, wait a minute. I wanted that out. <laughs> and I'm going, we're just going to hold it right now because I want to have kind of it all interconnected. Right. And I'm, I'm really proud of, of Moonshots, the book. And, but, but yeah. the um, docuseries gives you a kind of a peak view because the book right. is those stories plus more. And each story though, has a way you can do it. You know, might show what I've done. Yes. You know, but, these are the principles behind it. Follow this map. Just follow the map and you, you can have those results. And it really surprises people. Love it. When I start working with them, they're like, yeah, but you've done this and you've done that. I'm going, yeah, but you can, you have. This is how I did it. Life that, that all you have to make a decision, you know, decision that really, first of all, let's claim what you love. So you live the life you love. Most people live the life they think they have to live. But let's just right. go into what you would love. We start there. And even though it might seem impossible, it's okay. We'll find the way if you really, truly have a good, solid passion and purpose behind it, it will come to fruition. Yes. I believe that. And I've seen it happen over and over again. It's happened in our own lives. Yes. You know, even my own son, I have four boys and just one. My youngest was given no chance to survive at birth. Zero. He was we seven weeks before he was to be born, he shut down. And to save oh. Kathy, we had to take him out. And I got the message that no, he'll he'll be a, a true life miracle. And I had to believe it at the core, even though I was I was crying. I was, you know, it was a tough situation. But when they took him out, because they said they thought Kathy would, you know, we saved her life, right? Mm -hmm. But they took him over, they put auction, they couldn't give him any life. 
And Kathy goes, go save our son. And I walked over there and I took a moment because like, what are they going to think? And then I heard my dad's voice, who's been gone for several years. He led the charge at Iwo Jima as a chaplain. So he didn't have a weapon. Well, why would you lead it? Because we he he said, because that's where I was needed most. I love God and I love my Marines. So I at that moment, I was like, what do I do? And I heard my dad say, I took on machine gun fire for what I believed in. What are you willing to do? I went, wow, I'm being so I'm 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 afraid of thinking what these doctors would think. Forget that. I'm going in. I put my hand on Daniel's leg and I said, Daniel, feel my love, feel God's healing grace. And it was like electrical shock. He came to life and he started to breathe. <laughs> and then the doctor told us, said, well, I don't know what just happened, but just know they took him into intensive care real quick. And he said, he won't make it through the night. So whatever just happened, we don't understand it, but he won't make it through the night. He's 25 years old now. And just this past Saturday, he was the quarterback for University of Utah in, uh, for the Special Olympics, won the state, and we're headed to the national championships. Wow. He is driving. And he works for the University of Utah football team in their equipment room. And all the players love him. He's Mr. Positive. You know, he, he was a special ed in, 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 in school, but he is a catalyst for positivity. Uh. The coaches love him and the players love him. When I was down on the field, uh, he's on the field all the time, but I was on the field for the uh, Arizona State game. And all the players, they I could just tell how much they get energized by having mm. him around. I love it. Dave, you're doing some good in this world. Thank you for showing up today and sharing some of your gifts with us. Folks, you heard Dave mention this earlier. Extreme Focus is the website. Put a .com after that and then a forward slash moonshots. And you're going to get a nice inside look at some really cool stuff that's coming out in the very near future with Mr. Dave Austin. Dave, thanks for being here with us again. Well, hey, thanks for coming up to me. I mean, we just ran into each other at an event, you know, and you go, I think I've had you on the podcast. I don't know. I yeah. think so. I'm going, I don't know. I yeah, that was going back in history a little. You, came, you went home and all of a sudden you send me the podcast from 2008. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate that because it gave me a chance to hear Roger's wisdom again. And yeah. God, just, it was priceless, priceless. We'll put that link in the show notes as well, folks, if you're curious about what that's all about. It's time. Let's take what we've learned today with Dave Austin and go live on purpose. Did you get what you came for? Give yourself the gift of taking real action on what you realized today. Please share this episode with someone you know would value it and leave us a rating too. It's time now to live on purpose. <laughs>